Welcome back to the Hot Water in the Morning podcast, the Chinese-Canadian existential crisis experience. <laughs> My name is Joyce. My name is Jason. Oh, today's episode is, is the one I was most excited for, I think. <laughs> you were the most excited for this one? Yeah, I feel like this, out of all the episodes, I'm very excited for all of them. But this is one that's both relevant, persistently relevant in my life, and also timely in a way as well. So mm. today we're talking about second language. We're talking about maybe the absence of second Whoa. language too. <laughs> it's like, what are we talking about what, Yeah, today? let's get into it. Do you have a language trauma story loaded up? Oh my God. Where do I even begin? Did you... So we were both born in Canada, right? Yeah. Did you grow up speaking a second language at all? Um, I mean, definitely my mom tried to teach me Mandarin. Yeah. Um, Your mom also taught Mandarin, right? She well, at like a church Chinese yes. school yes, totally. in the basement. <laughs> hey. With with the juice boxes in the like It still counts. <laughs> what's the like, you know, the 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 guide where it's like the box? And the like dotted lines, and yeah. then you're supposed to yeah. trace your I like. Think, I think my parents still have all of mine, actually, like all the incomplete ones. Because <laughs> my my first thing that I thought about when I was think about this video, I was like, "Oh, is this like the Chinese school dropout club?" Because <laughs> that's really like what I felt like. It's <laughs> like coming up with stuff to talk about today. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's the alternate name for our podcast. It's Chinese, the Chinese school, school dropout. dropout. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Because I like I went to Saturday Chinese school mm. like when I was really young, but dropped out. I yeah. think I think the way I got out of it is I traded it for something. I was oh. like, okay. I like negotiated like Dragon's Den style with my parents. <laughs> I was like, all right, dragons. If you let me stop going to Chinese school, I will like no, I think I I was like, oh, what if I like learn piano or something or like yeah, some a other nonsense like, Asian yeah, thing. Yeah, <laughs> some different thing that you can like tell your friends about that I'm like doing. Right. Um and I think I know I would love to ask them about it one day, but whatever I said was enough to get me to stop. But honestly, stopping was like one of my greatest regrets in life, unfortunately, oh because ever since then, I've pretty much lost like everything. Okay. I've yeah. lost it all, Jason. I've lost it all. <sighs> yeah. I've lost my fluency and so sad. <laughs> Do you think you were ever fluent at one point? Yeah, 100%. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, because my grandparents used to visit us a lot. And my grandparents mm. used to kind of babysit mm. like me when I was younger and like when we weren't in school yet. So mm. I was fluent enough to talk to them every day. Wow. Um, and then it just started like evaporating. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it started of evaporating like ever since I started going to normal school. Oh, white ah, people school. Dang. White people school. And I think I have this like very kind of vague memory of telling my parents like the only reason I'm not good at Chinese anymore is because of English school. So I was kind of on to the white supremacy back then as a child mm. and I didn't even realize it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh. Okay. When do you feel like your language skills, when did the evaporation? I think I stopped going when I was around maybe 10 years okay. old. Okay. And then my grandparents like weren't taking care of us regularly, or yeah. we weren't seeing them as regularly. We would just yeah. see them like once a week or once every couple weeks. And then at home, my parents, my parents like are also fluent in English. Mm. So they would still speak Cantonese to me and my brother, but yeah. they would kind of just speak English as well. Ah, uh, they yeah. gave up. They, I don't know. I don't know what it is. Because maybe they also wanted to improve their English mm. skills. Because I, like, recently, like, you know, now that's been like 20 years between those these two events, my mom was like, she was like, you're like the only person I really speak English to. Like, if I don't speak to you in English, I don't really have anyone else to talk to in English. And that was kind of that was kind of interesting too. But yeah, what about you for your yeah. learning learning arc? <laughs> well, well, I don't even you know what? I'm regretting not asking my parents. I did my homework, but I should have done some like 
primary sourcing or whatever. Totally, uh, totally. Um, so, yeah, I think I only went to Chinese school for maybe two or three months. Yeah. I don't even say years. Like, yeah. it wasn't that long because it yeah. was kind of a drive for us. It was like totally. a 40 minute drive. And yeah. I think it was like on a Friday night oh, or something. Oh, okay. Not so, even the Saturday one. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, where, yeah, growing up in Chilliwack, there was like zero other Asian, there was not enough people to like form the school to get a, a student body. Um, <laughs> So yeah, we had to drive out to a, new, a different city. And then yeah, my mom taught because again, they were like looking for volunteers or whatever. And then I wasn't into it. My sister wasn't into it. We resisted a lot. We tried to, um, you know, bargain with our parents. And I feel like how I eventually convinced my mom to not go is we found other like techniques or like strategies to mm. potentially learn so one of note right. is that um i made this deal with my mom that i would like write stories in chinese oh my god um and uh this again i was probably like seven or eight and i would write stories but like um the agreement was I would learn one new word each day. Yeah. To like oh blend my, into the story. Wow. Incorporate. Oh my gosh. Um, but uh, I basically kept on reusing the same story structure <laughs> over and over again. You know it's how, like, like a mad, it became a Mad Libs exercise. <laughs> yes. yes. And so I would just learn just like Chinese Mad Libs. I, oh my like, god! I would know dog. So the next right. day I would just learn cat, and then it would be the exact same story. But I would swap out dog for cat. The and story like... of the dog and a cat. Wow. <laughs> so the main structure, but you that know I... the words like in between them. Uh, well, you know, I mean, so basically the the main flow of my story would go like. Oh shoot, what is it? Like uh ta fei lai fei chu fei dao tian san chu, which basically means like I'm the dog like flew back and forth and then he flew up to the sky. Wow. <laughs> Amazing. And then it would just be a different animal flying yes. back and forth and up to the sky. Yeah. Oh my he was like, oh, the dog was so hungry. He was hungry he could eat a horse. He was so hungry that he was running back and forth he was so hungry that he like went up to heaven which oh is gosh. more or less every story i wrote so um, how long did that go on for then? yeah i think again my mom gave up on that too right like, right she caught on pretty quick she, she's like this kid's not learning anything. yeah totally well did your parents speak to you in chinese at home um they would and they still do yeah um yeah i'm trying to be more mindful about responding in mandarin and like mm. Yeah, I am trying to practice, but um yeah. I told my mom too, I'm like, you need to start like I can speak to you in English, but I need you to speak to me in Cantonese. <laughs> we need to help each other here. Like we're both losing our language skills <laughs> totally. at the same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what is your um what is your like Chinese English like mix? Like when you speak with them, do you like kind of blend? very like seldomly like I think like for our both of us have very weak Chinese skills I think mine is like even weaker than yours honestly what? no yeah that, I'm serious that impossible <laughs> no, no no a thousand percent possible because I only know the words that like your parents say to you yeah so I know like wash dishes take a shower <laughs> do your homework go to work um and I know like the most I'm like a like a little baby. I feel like a little Chinese baby inside my inside my brain, because um, all I really know is like, oh, I'm hungry. I'm full. Like I'm I went to work yesterday. Like um, you know, very very basic. So like major. I'm like ninety eight percent English, probably two percent <laughs> Cantonese. It's when I can like, 
you know, conceptualize any, like any vocabulary I can like scrape up out of my brain. Right. I use it and I try to use it. Yeah. Um, but it's, yeah, it's really okay. rough. And I think like the main reason we're talking or like I was excited about this episode is because mm. as I was growing up, especially in like university and then like kind of post-grad. So this is like more, you know, recent relatively is that like my language or lack of language skill kind of became one of my insecurities that mm. I never really had before. And it's like, it's strange because it's a non-physical insecurity mm. and almost like an intellectual insecurity. Yes, a moral yeah. failing. A moral <laughs> failing that, yeah, that I, I don't know, that something went wrong along the mm. way. But also it's been a process of like, coming to terms with that and also understanding that like you know how much language you know also doesn't represent like how Chinese you are um and I I think I learned that in like very in an unconventional way yeah (laughs) Instagram (laughs) Instagram. yeah I know we'll we'll get into it Okay. okay um but yeah that's a good like background I think another interesting like difference between us is that I grew up with a lot of cousins mm. and you grew up with zero well yeah zero cousins like in any like proximity you never really mm. saw I think you like saw them very occasionally right like when you mm-hmm. went to visit them in China and stuff yeah yeah but between all my cousins like that was always a checkpoint for mm. me where all my cousins know Cantonese mm. and all my cousins would know Cantonese and could communicate with my uncles and aunts. And it was like very obvious that like I couldn't. Mm. So that was always, I think that's like the start of my complex. And then the complex like got bigger and stronger. Like the more other Asian people I met, the more Chinese, I didn't know any Chinese people like Mm. until I was in university, believe it or not. (laughs) I lived in a very like multicultural area Hmm. i think because i went to catholic school i only Hmm. know filipinos well they love they love jesus can i say (laughs) chinese people aren't really into jesus like (laughs) yeah too communist yeah yeah it's like they're like not they're just not into it so i didn't know any other chinese people and then when i did start meeting chinese people in university Hmm. i was like oh i like oh so there's like you know chinese student association that kind of Hmm. stuff you know, they would be like hanging out, but they would all be speaking like Mandarin together or like Hong Kong Student Association where I'm like, oh, okay, like that's Cantonese. But then it's a type of Cantonese that like I don't understand or like (laughs) also like the accents are all different too. I realized I could, the more Cantonese I heard, the more I realized I could really only understand my parents' accent. Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah, because yeah, my parents are Chinese born in Vietnam. So they mm. have this like Vietnamese Chinese accent that I didn't realize was a thing until I yeah. started hearing other like Vietnamese Chinese people. Mm. And I'm mm. like, oh, like that's the kind that I know. Right. Um, everything outside of that, it was like, it was too hard and too scary. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a really yeah. good point. I think I heard this thing once where like the the jumps between different Chinese dialects are mm. like effectively like the difference between English and French or like, yeah, yeah. you know, like they're it's like a so non-transferable. <laughs> totally. But they share a common like writing system, but yeah. like the pronunciations are so different. And mm-hmm. so like um, so my dad is from Changsa, which is in Hunan province, and my mom's from Wuhan, mm-hmm. um, which is in Hubei. So it's like one province different. Oh, but wow. my mom, when she goes, she went to Changsa, that's where they met. Mm. She couldn't understand, like, <laughs> no. legit, like, yeah. what was like, like, in a foreign country. like, am I even in China? Yeah, like, totally. Probably not. <laughs> um, and so uh, we joke that, like, sometimes my dad, like, goes into Changsahua or my mom says like Wuhanhua or whatever. Yeah. And yet yeah. there is still this like like overlap where like they both needed to learn like the Beijing uh-huh. style of Mandarin. Right. Yeah. Um which is like uh my understanding is because like that's what the government uses mm-hmm. and like all the like TV 
yeah the radio it uses yeah. that kind of mandarin um cool. but so like I, I was gonna ask this like doesn't didn't you say your parents know like five languages or yes. something? that's maybe that maybe <laughs> that's the beginning of my complex the complex goes really really far back mm. where both of my parents are fluent english and cantonese which is the language like my family predominantly speaks mm. um but then they also know mandarin yeah. because you just knew that um because they were born and raised and lived in vietnam they also mm. know vietnamese mm. um and then my dad well every like asian dad just kind of like has these side quests and so my dad like like loosely understands thai oh. and then by association he says that cambodian's like kind of easy to understand too for him and then he has his own like uh he's he's too dao so he has mm. his like own dialect too yeah 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 oh and oh. i'm like and you guys couldn't give me one i know that's not how like i know that's not how it works it's not like passed down genetically or something yeah but i'm like we couldn't we couldn't prioritize this yeah a little more on well, the list well my question for you is like so for me growing up mm. i like actively avoided and mm. like talking to my white friends yeah. i told them i didn't speak any Mandarin. Wow. like already it's even very, though you know more than me like you know if i know if you know two percent and i know three percent right i would tell them it would be zero zero percent because yeah. wow i wouldn't want them to be like oh what's this word in chinese or totally. blah, blah, you know and i'm oh like oh my god like leave me alone <laughs> leave me alone but i also sort of like resented it and yeah. um i don't know if this is part of the like socialization but mm. being very intentional about not speaking with an accent or mm. like being like trying to be hyper conscious of like yeah being westernized or whatever yeah and shedding any sort of residual chinese yeah, lingering cultural identity totally just kick Complete, it to the curb yeah just uh wash it out yeah um, and so i actively avoided mm. trying to learn and yeah didn't want to learn because i felt like the more i learned the more asian i would become yeah. the more chinese and that would like be like backwards um, yeah yeah i can see that it, it on that on one side where i actually joined french immersion so i do know <gasps> I, a second language i'm like yeah fluent. wait hold on hold on i did not not immersion but i did extended french from grade five to eight did i know this about colonizer language yeah, I'm like, did we know this about <laughs> i didn't know you did french immersion and like too. i was a nerd about like i so Dude, yeah, I for, did the like kind of the exchange trip, mm, like you, where you yeah. live in Quebec for yeah, like yeah, yeah. three weeks. Oh my god! <laughs> well, that was one of the like rationalizations I made. I was like, mm. well, if I like don't learn Chinese, I might as well learn. Let me replace that space with like something else. Right. Um. Now my French is ass too, so maybe we could do an episode <laughs> about <laughs> okay. that. French immersion dropout episode. <laughs> yeah. But like, so um, for me, my French immersion started in grade six. Okay, and yeah. in grade five, like I actively made the decision of like, yeah. hey, this would be cool. This would quote unquote enrich my learning. I would be more my cultured. Whiteness. My Let's whiteness. Go. And so uh, all the kids, you know, the, the kids who join French immersion in grade six, they do it. <laughs> And in grade six and grade seven, it's still cool to like yeah. learn because yeah. like, so um, we, we had this program where like, like the teacher's like, hey, um, everybody gets these like French bucks. And if you catch another kid speaking English, you can like oh call God. them out and then they <laughs> have to pay you like this money and you get to buy like I love it. candy at the end of the week yeah. or whatever. And so in grade six and grade seven, all the kids are super into it and they're totally. like, everyone's know, snitching. Like, oh my gosh. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. Yeah. Enforces language like snitching. But um, by grade eight, you know, it kind yeah. of the novelty worn off and like yeah. now it's just school again. And like, yeah, most of the kids just spoke in English. Totally. And nobody really totally. like tried anymore. Yeah. But here, this nerd, this guy was like, oh, I'll still like, I still want to learn. So well, like, the capacity was there and the willingness. Yeah. It was just mm. the like internalized self. Uh -huh. I was like, no, 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 can't be Asian. Did you continue it in high school? I did. Yeah. Till grade 12. I got wow. university credit for my French. So oh my God. wait, I did too. Oh my God. Oh my God. What <laughs> oh my the God. heck?
what the heck that's so wild i had another story fragment that stood out to me recently my mom told me that my sister made this comment to my mom once so my sister when she was in high school she okay. went to my mom as like mom it's embarrassing that you still speak with an accent like you've lived in canada for so long like she'd probably live wow. in canada for like 15 20 years by now yeah. and my, my sister as like a 16 year old goes to my mom and it's like it's embarrassing that you still speak with an <gasps> accent that's so mean i i just heard this story like three months ago and really? i was like oh. how did this come like did your mom tell you or did your sister tell you my mom told me yeah I, yeah <laughs> but like oh i God. like i Damn. hear that yeah but i also like get it <laughs> like, yeah I, well that's so tough like i mean like for every kid that like you know has a fluent speaking like parent mm. it's like there's so many that their parents mm. either speak english with an accent or never even fully learn english right mm. like you don't it, i think it is kind of nice in some ways that there are some communities where you don't have to learn english to like be there and it's like comfortable and they feel safe and they feel like you know good mm. but damn oh my god so what do you do with this kind of story <laughs> what happened oh my gosh well i feel like i yeah i kind of just need to reconcile like i need to own that part of me of mm -hmm. like oh yeah i thought that way too uh, but it's not my fault for thinking that way yeah hello we live in a white supremacist society that chilliwack <laughs> chilliwack right <laughs> whiteness like, and corn are the like, two leading things for, for me i feel like my like sense memory of that mm. like sentiment is being at the bank and the like bank teller trying to explain something to my dad and my dad like not really getting it and now my dad's like a little like he's trying to say something and the bank teller's not getting it and i'm like in the middle of this and you know maybe i'm like again like 15 or whatever yeah and I'm like frustrated at the bank teller for being rude to my dad. I'm yeah. frustrated at my dad for like not understanding the thing, you know. And yeah. in the past, I think I sided on the white people side, right? Yeah. And I was like equally like frustrated, like, come on, dad, like yeah, it's not that hard to totally. explain or understand or blah, blah, yeah. blah. And yeah, maybe that pressure came to like the bank teller would look at me to be like, can you explain this yeah. to your dad? And I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah, so um, I don't know. It's just kind of like, like people are trying their best. Yeah. Hey, can we have more patience for everyone in this totally. process? Can we uh, pay the teller more so that he's not feeling like so sad about his life that he needs to take it out on like some Chinese dad and his kid? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh my god. Like there are a lot of things at play. Just like random side note, even now I like, my dad is so impatient i think my dad like legitimately i do think my dad is the problem in those kind of like interactions where he's just so impatient and like comes off really rude and it mm. freaks me out so much to like <laughs> witness it so whenever we go like eat or do anything i'm like mm. don't worry dad i'll order for you mm. <laughs> i will do it you yeah. just keep your mouth shut <laughs> yeah totally. i'll handle it um oh my god but yeah, it is like tough. And just thinking about like, you know, the circumstances of our parents, like when I was saying earlier, like, oh, like, couldn't this have been more of a priority? And I think the reality is it's like it couldn't mm. and like period. Like, that's mm. it. It's like, no, we couldn't focus on making sure you're like, oh, well, well-rounded, like culturally or whatever, Um, at least in that way. I think my parents culturally rounded me out in like other ways mm. in all the like all the times I didn't want to go spend time with my cousins or like go mm. to family dinner or like you know spend Chinese New Year like I want to go do something with my friends all the times they said no you have to come uh you don't have a choice and I would like make such a make such a fuss about it <laughs> um it I think that kind of stuff like paid off a lot mm. Um, yeah. but it is tough because yeah it's just such a different like place now I watch like parenting videos on Instagram <laughs> sometimes and there are a lot of parents who talk about like teaching their kids a second language so mm. I think socially globally like there are different circumstances now that that is like a priority mm. like for people to 
really like directly addressed to their kids. I remember we were at this bookstore and there were so many like kids books about learning. Oh, it's yeah. like baby's first Thai book, baby's first Mandarin Chinese, baby's first Cantonese, baby's mm. first Korean. I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> like it's not just some, you know, the, the workbook with the squares. Mm. Like it's not just that anymore. I think it's really cool to see like how that changed. Mm. Um, but what about like for you now? What mm. is, I don't know. You're you're always like on some kind of side quest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you're always learning something. But um, other than like kind of making that space to communicate more with your parents in Mandarin, mm -hmm. like have you ever entertained the idea of going back to Chinese oh. school? Oh my I, god! I do. There's this app. It's like a yeah. it's like a souped up Duolingo, oh, but it's nice. like just for Chinese. I think it's oh. called Chinesey. So if they want to support, if they want to support the Chinese podcast, hit us up. Um, we're traumatized and need money. <laughs> yeah, but um, I think there's some there's some like lingering resentment. Or there's like additional baggage right mm. now to learn as an adult. Yeah, because again my level is so bad yeah that yeah. you know i'd be in the beginner level yeah. with all the like white I'd people who want to learn oh, but oh, they dude. get a yeah. pass everyone gets an applause for them yeah. knowing dog in chinese but yeah. like for me it's like oh shouldn't you already know like yeah that know? does make it tough because i that like well i think that's what stopped me from trying to learn even earlier than now mm. like when i first had that like reckoning in university of like oh like I don't really speak Chinese that much or like it felt really in a like Chinese culture and Chinese like activities and groups mm. just felt really inaccessible if I couldn't speak yeah. Chinese so I'm like well I guess I'll just go home <laughs> it's my Chinese club yeah. Um, but yeah you're so right it's like would I just be placed like with children because that's like the level I'm at and maybe it's just my <laughs> ego needs to like get over it I don't know but I think I mean I feel like kind of the effort gets erased mm, like true. um people maybe assume oh like oh you're working on this it's so like yeah, maybe for... they think like me where they think I know we learn language through just osmosis Right. Like my parents know five, therefore I should know two. Is that like maybe they think that's how it is too? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It's like I um, you know, I do want to put the effort in, but I think also I mean I still run into an issue. I, I, I'm like, you know, I think another one of our topics that we planned out for the future was like friendships, right? Mm -hmm. And like what does it mean to like have be friends with other like Chinese people and mm -hmm. you know I am trying to be more proactive of like oh yeah my friends who they also you know can speak Mandarin and yeah. like oh is my friendship with them is it like a friendship in Mandarin or whatever oh. which is like I don't even know how to do that um oh. and it, well this is a topic that I wanted to bring up or ask with you with mm -hmm. like how has kind of language impacted your relationship with a your parents like your grandparents like yeah. you said you know you would speak fluently with them every single day mm -hmm. for me I've never had a relationship with my grandparents I mean mm -hmm. they've all passed away now but the extent of my relationship with them was like once a year I get a phone call wow. and it's like oh hey how are you doing oh well hi how and yeah okay well hey okay. happy uh, new year yeah totally obviously and like that's it right yeah so yeah. I think in total I've maybe spoken like 20 words with yeah. my grandparents total right wow. um and so I don't know how to express my thoughts my feelings mm. um and similarly even with my parents like there are I, I feel like it kind of it impacts my relationship with them because yeah. I don't even know what the right word is to use mm. um and I think that's kind of where I'm at, really, with, like, present day, what do I want to work on? It's not even mm -hmm. so much the language, it's, like, the honesty. Like, I want to be more honest yeah. with my parents. And whether that's in English or in Mandarin, 
yeah I don't yeah, know. and I wonder like if our parents feel a similar like limitation they're like mm. okay there's only so much I can tell you in English yes that like the deep like you like I don't have access almost to like the mm. deepest cuts mm. um that they can offer and yeah. I think like like with my parents you know I think I'm really lucky that first of all that we even communicate mm. um the more I like talk to my mom and I hear stories about her friends right like her mm. generation and other moms that have kids like me kind of around our age and just like, the number of people whose kids don't really like their parents you know like I know lots of people who don't like their parents and my mom knows lots of parents whose kids don't like them yeah. so sometimes my mom and I we kind of look at each other and we're like oh like nice we're <laughs> we're just here that's good that's all like a win is a win there yeah um I hear sometimes mm-hmm. uh people feel like they like when they're angry they're like angry in mandarin or right like they'll like, yell at their parents in cantonese wow, wow. because that's the only way they know how to express <gasps> anger damn um, because that's the only kind of anger that has been modeled for them wow and so like they don't know how to be angry in english wow. <laughs> um yeah oh my god wow that's so profound and like kind of cool and like sad obviously but like kind of cool at the same time <laughs> like i've heard of that in a very like neutral way it's like oh like people who can only count like mm. in chinese because like english numbers like just don't register for them mm. but wow i don't know that's that's really wild i think like thinking about my grandparents specifically mm. especially because i you know Chinese school dropout used to be fluent and just over the years you know more space more time apart Mm. I move across the country they get old as people do I I kind of had a similar like vibe where I was like I felt like I was counting like our interactions I was Mm. trying to like count them and quantify it and be like how much like am I missing out on I Mm. think I got that feeling a lot Um, Because when I was with my grandparents, you know, it'd be my mom, mostly like taking care of them. And I would just kind of like, be there and like hang out and I would like, peel fruit or I would like, do the sheets or like boil water, just like, Mm. be around. Like, I think I started noticing it more uh, leading up to like my grandma passing away this year. Mm. I started noticing how much time that we had together, as opposed to like, how much talking that we did because like she doesn't know any English and my Mm. Cantonese isn't great but even though she was like you know heading towards the end of her life I didn't have I thought I would be more upset at the fact that I didn't know Cantonese I thought I would Mm -hmm. feel more guilty about it but it Mm. like I think the reality of it was I was just focusing more on like oh I like really spend a lot of time with her Mm. in spite of the fact that I don't know the language because I think a lot of people are afraid of I think people are kind of scared of language barrier language barrier is like it's uncomfortable it's like Mm. awkward it's like that shame element it's like oh like why didn't you learn this sooner why didn't you retain Mm. your Chinese choice Mm. um so everything about language barrier is just like so weird and uncomfy Mm-hmm. But I feel like like the experience that I have with my grandparents kind of made me really comfortable with right. language barriers. So I have another story. It's another grandparent story. So anyone who is like sensitive to grandparent stories, watch out because I, <laughs> oh my God, I, they make me so sad and just like so moved. Mm. Um, but around the same time, my grandma was, you know, at the end of her life. They were planning the funeral. I, my stupid ass, was all the way on the other side of the world. I was in the Philippines with Nico's grandparents. Mm. And his family is Filipino. And they've always lived in the Philippines. And his grandpa speaks, like, almost perfect English. It's kind of, like, freaky, actually. Mm. He, like, sounds like a radio host. Even though he's just, like, skinny Filipino man. But then his grandma, like, doesn't speak any English. She only speaks Mm. Tagalog. When we were, like, we were just spending time with them. We were, like, you know, going on little walks and we were eating together. And we'd play, uh, do you know, Mankala? 
but like yep. Yep. okay we played Mankala like every it was like a Mankala like tournament mm. in the house basically but as we were spending time with um his aunt kind of mentioned to me like it's like oh Joyce it's so nice that you're like oh it's so nice how you're so nice kind of thing mm. and I'm like what do you mean I'm just like you know this is just what you do for grandparents you walk with them you eat with them you play Mankala like that's all you need to do. And then she mentioned that like the other non-Filipino partners of like his cousin. Mm. So all his mm. other cousins, I think most of them have married like, you know, non-Filipino people. But she was telling us just how like awkward <laughs> it would be, <laughs> which I don't blame them for. But that wasn't something that was like on my radar until she mentioned it. I was like, yeah. oh yeah, like I forget that people aren't used to not understanding everything going on around them and that is kind of a scary experience it's like oh my god like what are they talking about are they talking about me do I need to know Mm. about this like what's going on so it was like this super profound like parallel of Mm. my grandparents at home who I was so like hung up on the fact that I couldn't speak with them that I wasn't like quote unquote good enough to like retain my Chinese but then like I go to see someone else like another different set of grandparents and then being comfortable with the language barrier kind of became my like superpower I was like yeah wow like what like what a blessing I feel like I had trained my whole life almost to be Mm. in that situation where I'm just like I don't I don't need to know what's going around (laughs) me like I never know like my baseline is I don't know what's happening but I'm mm. happy to be here. Mm. Let me go peel some fruit. Like, yeah, I don't know. It was like such a such a weird coincidence of events. And then like a couple weeks after seeing Nico's grandparents, my grandma passed away like mm. in Toronto. And like I said, I thought I would feel a lot more like guilty or a lot more like sad. But I was like, oh, like we really spent a lot of time together. And I felt really good about that. And just thinking that, like, you know, it's not really about, you don't necessarily need language to mm. feel connected to another person. Um, mm. And I think the people that are like, Jason, why don't you know Chinese? Why is your Chinese so bad? I don't think those people, like, understand that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's beautiful. Oh. Thanks for sharing that story. Oh, I, yeah. And I think that's sort of when I reflect on like the relationship that I have with my parents now Mm. it is like it's okay that I'm not having like in-depth top conversations with my parents Mm -hmm. you know we're not a words of affirmation love language no no, totally not uh family it's yeah like I just show up my dad cooks for me you know my mom he shows like, you his latest like weird dad project totally does your dad do that yeah okay my yeah, dad yeah, does yeah. that too and then it's like oh okay like I'm really yeah I guess like I'm happy to see that he is so happy doing his yeah, thing totally and I guess there's sort of like an element of like trust like trust, you said it's so like true. I don't know what's going on but I trust <laughs> that it's going well yeah right? yeah um and so yeah with maybe my parents it's like mm-hmm. I haven't necessarily articulated everything I can't articulate everything to them yeah, but yeah. they're like okay yeah like that's nice you well, know we you know get it. it's it's a sense of like oh well Jason like gets on a bus and like goes back home and like mm. spends a few days with them and like you know hangs out with us and eats with us and then you know he goes back but like I don't know like not not every kid does that for their parents you know (laughs) this like another kind of pivotal language Mm. story experience that I wrote down or thought of for today's Mm. episode um, was the time I went on a trip with my parents and like their friends actually mm. so it was like my parents friend trip and we were like going around Europe because one of their friends like lives in Germany so we were gonna go on like a little tour to Europe and um, I got to tag along <laughs> because you know I think it was like summer between university I had nothing to do didn't mm. just bored at home so they're like yeah you want to come and I'm like yeah sure why not that sounds great so I was the only child in this like 
group of adults but I was like you know I was a young adult at that point so it was fine Mm. but one night or like one instance somebody one of their friends kind of called me out on like oh it's too bad like Joyce doesn't speak uh like speak Cantonese or Vietnamese so then like we can all like talk together like oh wouldn't that be so nice and I was like really upset by it I'm about Mm. to start crying now so (laughs) the story just like oh it like hurt so much when I heard it I remember I like went upstairs to the hotel and I was like barely holding it together and just started crying I was like oh my god it's like the worst thing it was it's like all my greatest fears like yeah coming out and I was like oh my god like first of all so rude um (laughs) second of all like oh my god but again like I don't think the people that say that like fully understand what they're saying right they think Mm. it's as easy as like flipping a switch it's like English brain Chinese brain just do that Mm. um but the thing that I hold on to to this day like from that story is like when my parents came to like retrieve my body, essentially, I was like an empty husk of tears. <laughs> they like they made a very good point. They were like, you know, they can talk shit all they want, but like, whose kid likes their parents enough to like be on this vacation with them? Mm. And I was like, true. <laughs> you know, it's it became another example of that like trust over I guess like practical skills or something it's like how many of their kids would like take time off of their schedule to spend time with their parents and their friends like Mm. that just sounds so like (laughs) so strange I guess like I don't know I never really hear of that happening right and when they pointed that out to me you know that it's not really about what you know it's like about what you do instead mm. Mm. that's that happened like i don't know when i was still in university so yeah a little while ago but i still oh. think about that i was like wow like that like it, that experience like canceled out every fear that i had before of like that urgency to like oh i need to like catch up i need to i'm behind mm. i'm like at a i'm at a toddler level of chinese it's like, okay, my language is a toddler level of Chinese, but I'm the one dishing out money to fly and see my parents every like four months because I got bored. Yeah. <laughs> like I like hanging out with them enough to go see them. Yeah, not to make this like a flexing on, you know, I love my parents episode. Um, but like kind of zooming out from my kind of language insecurity helped, helped me a lot because- right it's it's that trust thing right it's like you know they don't need me to speak the same language as them to know that we're having a good time (laughs) Mm, yeah yeah oh I hope that never I hope people like stop doing that (laughs) I really do I really wish people would stop doing that yeah when they ask and you say oh I don't know they're like oh what went wrong right yeah it's like basically yeah yeah oh my god and the, or they like look at my parents. They're like, "Why didn't you teach her more?" I'm totally. like, "Bruh, they they had a mortgage to pay. I don't know. Like, parents are busy. Parents are doing stuff. Side questing. What do you think?" Yeah, totally. <sighs> I I think yeah, that's such a good. Um, thank you for sharing that story because I feel yeah. like I still use language as like a measuring stick for of like. Of course, yeah. If I really cared, if I really loved my if parents, I really I would, love my family. Yeah, <sighs> I would learn the like, you know, and I, I think <clears throat> I continue that sort of narrative, mm. which is like again this like cross intergenerational interlanguage like violence of like yeah. what my sister did to my mom of like you've lived here for 20 years you still have an accent like you know and you know what jason that like mentality that's like that's how the white people win (laughs) that's how they win win because it's the measure of like chinese or not chinese enough Mm. white or not white enough like if you're only basing it off of like nationality and like language skills Mm. of course you're always going to have people that like aren't whatever enough right and that's what the white people are counting on they want the infighting they want us to like 
divide from each other. They want us to, and they want us to think that some Chinese people are better than other Chinese people. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was like a big like kerfuffle on TikTok a few months ago about um, Filipinos in the Philippines versus like Filipino Americans or like Filipino Canadians, I guess. Mm. Um, and how Filipino Americans aren't like really Filipino. And I'm like, oh mm. yeah, I've heard this song and dance like a thousand times, right? It's like, <laughs> welcome to my inner monologue. <laughs> it's just a series of TikTok like roasting each other for like yeah. not being cultural enough or something. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's like when we stick to that very specific and very narrow like measuring stick, Mm-hmm. that's how that well that's how we get like oh yeah like i'm at a two and you're at a three why is 10 you know why is right. that 10 and why right. can't what like what if it was like desire to learn you know yeah. like change yeah. the scale or something mm-hmm. but yeah i think about that story because i think a lot of people are insecure about this mm-hmm. like there are people who like i would look to and be like wow your Chinese is amazing. Like, I'm mm. so jealous of that. They're probably thinking like, oh, I can't, you know, have the most profound conversation or I can't mm. like communicate what I want to communicate or, mm. you know, we're always gonna have some kind of shortcoming. Yeah. And honestly, I don't know why. Because <laughs> it makes the white people win. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I had another like recent thing happened to me my mom she has glaucoma do you know what that is Um, Uh, not really no I also don't really know but kind of her like eyesight is like degenerating oh and so uh she you know she's had this for many years and Mm -hmm. um she has a doctor in Chilliwack who's like oh I think you need to see a specialist um and he said something along the lines of like I think you should see them as soon as possible and uh so my mom was like waiting for the specialist and like the medical system and like some referral thing of like blah 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 blah. (laughs) and so my mom went to the specialist Mm -hmm. in vancouver and the specialist saw them for like five minutes and then was like out and out and then like so that happened and my mom went back to her normal doctor Mm -hmm. the doctor's like oh I didn't realize that happened. And like, I think you still need to like do this surgery thing. Oh, Um, And so, but I think the Vancouver doctor was like, oh, we're just going to monitor it. Whereas like, so So now doctor in Chilliwack is like, actually, it's pretty urgent. We should probably. And so it's this game of like telephone and my Uh... mom having to like advocate for like, oh no, this is what my other doctor said. And like, that's not what the note said, blah, blah, blah. And so um, they're doing like voice memos or something like. And so my mom (laughs) one day called me and she's like, oh, Jason, can you go like in person? Like I've tried calling the office. They never pick up. Can you just go in person and like get the sorted out? I think I need this appointment book. So I go, I go to the office in Vancouver and then in Vancouver, it's like, oh yeah, here's your mom's file. Yeah. We just saw her. Oh, she's not scheduled. We're going to schedule her again in like six months or something. And then I'm like, oh, like that's not, doesn't match what my, my mom's doctor said. He said that like, we should like do it like sooner rather than later. Or like, is it as soon as possible or sooner rather than later? I don't know. You know? Yeah. I also wasn't there, right? So now it's like telephone of telephone of telephone. Oh, no. And so the Vancouver receptionist was like, all I can go by is what I have on these notes. And it says, we're going to see her in next May. And I'm like, okay, thank you. Let me call the, like, my mom. And then let me call. So I called like three people. Oh, my God. And then the receptionist in Vancouver or sorry in in chilliwack okay she's like oh yeah the notes say uh we're just gonna monitor and you said as soon as possible and i'm like i'm just going off of what my mom said and then this receptionist lady kind of made this point of like well how good is your mom's english like do you think it was like a miss like a language miscommunication i'm like my mom's been living in like again 30 years now. Yes. <laughs> Frankly, my mom's English is like really good. Like yeah. I don't know what my sister was talking about. Whatever. 
um yeah she has an accent yes she has a chinese name but legit this receptionist like doesn't even she's never even like met my mom she's just like you know just assumes based on my mom has like a chinese name and like it's not like and the fact that like like, jennifer for her yeah all this stuff oh my gosh i just kind of like it like angered me like this is the exact same thing of like when i was 15 at the bank with my dad it's now like you know having this conversation with my mom and like her medical system but like i feel like i am more like triggered by it now you think so because i was gonna ask what do you think is the main difference and you think you've gotten more (laughs) well i'm just more aware of it yeah like hey like that's the assumption you jump to like oh yeah like i don't know i feel more like protective or like defensive Mm. of my parents now because i care more um I mean, and, means, yeah, it's different than side, like being on their side, right? And mm, being like, oh, you're right. Maybe she did like, you know, it's like a translation thing too. My mom does it all the time. But this time you were like, no, receptionist. Yeah. Like, you need to chill. In the past, I think I was just, yeah, more like people pleasy about it. And of like, course. Oh, let's just give wow. everyone the benefit of the doubt. Wow. Um, but you know obviously this is like something that's like sticking with me now and Mm -hmm. yeah i mean ultimately like i don't know the the issue is still kind of unresolved totally like yeah i'm just like more mindful of like how language shows up and um kind of like the biases that i have and so i think yeah like moving forward just kind of when people speak with an accent like Mm -hmm not like immediately being like oh here are my assumptions of this person yeah um, exactly. right because like uh you know i um i was dating this person who she was from singapore mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. you know english is like her first language totally, but she just yeah. like speaks with a singaporean yeah, yeah. Accent, and like right? and like everyone in singapore like kind of knows english too it's like the language of the government. Like, I mean, they know. Okay, people in Singapore <laughs> also they're like my parents. They know like seventy five different yes. languages, and I'm the complex is still there. I'm like, why can't I just have one? I hate you all. <laughs> but yeah, it is like different. Like when you're re- consistently seeing somebody who yeah. like speaks differently than how you're used to, because mm-hmm. like even just kind of quickly thinking about it i don't think any of my friends really have like a distinctive like foreign accent when they speak english Mm. but yeah it's like something like in me does change a little bit when i do hear an accent and you know i don't think all like i don't think any of us have like a bad intention or like a malicious intent but i like when i have customers at the store that like Mm. you know it seems like English isn't their first language or like they have a foreign accent I find myself speaking like slower and clearer mm. and like simpler as well like there are mm-hmm. a lot of really random nuanced changes that I make um but I have gotten compliments from people that like who don't speak English as a first language mm. I've been complimented to say that I have very clear English <laughs> so I think my my nuanced changes like do help in some way based on that one anecdotal experience um but yeah it is like something that i think it does change something like around us totally. but it doesn't have to be like a bad thing necessarily mm. yeah <laughs> i i think you know i feel like i even do this sort of like accent like code switching like mm. for me one that's like the most prominent for me is when i hang out with like a bunch of bros oh my god like i notice my I, like... greatest fear <laughs> I noticed I like start like swearing more like I don't know why crazy but I feel like I like I'm like defensive now and I feel like the need to like just like fucking like you know just throw like yeah Yeah. I don't don't know what it is but like (laughs) I feel the need to like demonstrate to them yeah that like I mean that's, that's what code switching is right like isn't it just some kind of like defense and like I need to be in the collective like instinct that we just all have. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I again I think I'm just trying to be more mindful of mm. like yeah and being more intentional when that like mm-hmm. shift happens. And then 
yeah, like like you said, when like speaking with people with maybe an accent, just like mm-hmm. recognizing what like automated behaviors I'm like associating and like challenging some of them. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't happen like instantly either, right? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, especially because like you grew up in an environment where everyone was just like a white bro <laughs> yes you know it's kind of like your it's almost your default like setting totally. in some weird way so yeah. it, it's a process to like i don't know observe and then like take action on mm-hmm. so you know don't don't like you know push yourself to like have an instant result or something yeah but i think it is interesting to talk about because it's not just second language it's also mm. You like know, it's like even it's not within just, English within English I don't even think like I don't know I always joke that I don't think my English is that good either but I definitely think that English is one of the hardest languages mm. to learn mm. it's so ass here <laughs> like it's so hard like everything like nothing about English really makes sense and I'm really grateful I don't have to yeah like I, I'm glad English isn't the one I have to actively <laughs> learn as an adult because i really really feel for the people that do but mm. hey yeah you know the, um, part of the process do you in <laughs> as our kind of like moving forward future language mm-hmm. state yeah. do you have any like intentions or even just like a takeaway from what we chatted about today well i think i'm really glad i got to like share those like my two main stories like the grandparent story and then the europe friends beef story Mm. i think that that's the kind of thing i think it's important for people to hear to remember Mm. that the number of words that you know like a vocabulary isn't really Mm. the only way to connect right yeah it's cutting the fruit if you want to learn anything (laughs) learn how to peel fruit really well and you can connect with anybody in the world i promise you universal language (laughs) the universal language of cut fruit i think is like so beautiful Mm. Um, but i think like for the language thing definitely making that space like with my parents to kind of keep that part of us alive Mm. um because like my mom said i'm the only one who speaks to her in english she's the only one i really have to hear like Cantonese from Hmm. um and you know reckoning with recent family death I'm like our time's running out all (laughs) always have that in the back of my mind oh my Um, gosh and I I think like you know when I realized it was really just my mom (laughs) that I spoke with in Cantonese or that spoke to me in Cantonese I was like damn I need more Chinese friends yeah yeah and it is like hard because I also don't want anyone to be like uncomfortable it's like if they're more comfortable purely speaking in like Mandarin or Cantonese or whatever like Mm. maybe I am not like the best option of a friend for them Mm. um but I think just like you know keeping my mind open to friendship because there could be you know that very niche other half of like what I'm looking for and then I could you know we can be friends in like you know life and then also have that like language connection too Mm. um yeah or else it would just be me like watching Cantonese YouTube sometimes (laughs) (laughs) yeah what about for you Jason yeah yeah what what's unearthed what's been unearthed yeah I I think um one is that I just kind of want to own the fact that I speak with an accent Mm -hmm. like when I speak in Mandarin it's with a Canadian accent which is like okay like it's like fine like yeah yeah you can make fun of me because fair enough yeah like I don't want to be self-conscious and like I don't want the fact that like I have an accent to like prevent me from like speaking mandarin which mm. it has in the past it has yeah. and like that's the same thing that we like apply on to like other people who you know maybe they have an accent accent in english speaking english and exactly. they feel self-conscious and so <gasps> you know like in the same way that maybe like i pressure mm-hmm. would put pressure on them in the past that's the same pressure that i put on myself yeah. when i try to like speak mandarin so and that pressure comes from 
Say it with me, class. <laughs> White, White supremacy. supremacy. <laughs> Always. Yeah. yeah. They don't want us to like have an accent and like imperfectly speak a language to connect with each other mm. to eventually rise up to overthrow. Right. You know, yeah. the greater powers of the world. <laughs> it's their nightmare, right? Like that's the last thing they would want. Yeah. So I think me just kind of getting over the f- that fact and being mm. like, I remember once in university for our like university grad trip, we went down to Mexico. Oh my God. And uh <laughs> messy. Uh, messy. <laughs> and um uh in preparation i was like oh okay like i'll like do some like spanish duolingo totally uh you know like being french immersion like some it like translated and i remember being on the boat with this um uh there was this like snorkeling thing tour Mm -hmm. and so i was like chatting with the captain and um I was like, hey, I want to, like, practice my Spanish. Like, I want to practice the, like, three weeks of dual. And so he was, like, teaching me. He was, like, so into it. He was teaching me what a Paloma was. Or not Paloma. Frick. Pagasso. Pagasso. (laughs) Which is, like, Pegasus. was the name of the sailboat that we were on. I'm like, oh, Pagasso. It's, like, a caballo, which is horse. Horse. But it has, like wings uh, yeah eyelids which are like <laughs> wings of like a pajaro which is a bird and so wow. we were just I, I, like we were just going all through it and like i have a really good memory of like yeah. learning um spanish on this sailboat yeah uh, I, um and it's like oh yeah but it was because i had this like freedom i just like mm, not no expectation totally i'm wow. just like uh, yeah i like am thinking, here thinking about that and like what are the expectations and the expectations are like well why didn't you learn this when you were zero years old and then like maintain that level of fluency your entire life like there are expectations that you know we've absorbed or like put on ourselves that yeah don't exist like for other language like I did the same thing learning Mm. German Mm. from all these like half German half Taiwanese kids on this trip Mm. I was on Mm. and they were just like throwing words at me and just like Joyce learn this learn this like oh this is so funny like say this to your friends like they'll be so say this to your German friends back home they'll be so offended if you say (laughs) but it's like it's that level of like fun yeah freedom freedom Uh yeah maybe being on a boat does help though that it does help you know (laughs) When you're in the Mexican Riviera or whatever. Um, we hey, okay, here's an idea. Let's okay. have a Chinese school dropout bro- boat cruise. Oh my god. We charter a boat. Everyone's freaking snorkeling with the sea turtles. <laughs> and meanwhile, we have the the I, like yes. Chinese language. Totally, uh, totally. And they're just like yeah and then like replicating that feeling of like Mm. oh this is no yeah it's like it's like the the idea of like the shoulds it's like oh i should know right it's like that's something that holds a lot of people back it's something that like limits a lot of people in thinking what you should do yeah Mm. so that's i think the energy that i'm gonna try to take to like whenever i speak mandarin because that's mm. kind of how it is now like whenever yeah. somebody like i'm at tnt and like they oh. ask me oh what do you want and i like have to second guess myself right and They're i'm like, like oh should I order? it's like oh maybe i'll just order in english yeah, 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 get scared? yeah totally. oh my god um but i should just own it it's like yeah i speak with an accent like you can yeah. laugh at me if you want but like mm. my embarrassment that like yeah you know like why am i apologizing yeah for the fact that i grew mm, up in canada like totally Totally. and i think it it's so helpful to also hear different like types of chinese and not just like not different dialects but different levels of chinese like there are Mm. lots of people again who think that their chinese could be better that they wish they kept it up but they can still speak real sentences but you know it's that like that embarrassment is like holding us all back like if every person who knew like broken chinese in some Mm. way just like used it more often i think it would be a lot more comfortable to 
brokenly yeah. speak a language totally um because yeah it's like we don't need to be at like philosophers conversation level <laughs> we're just trying to like order dim sum most yes. of the time anyway oh my gosh okay, you know what i have like toddler level cantonese for everything but i can order and like operate in a dim sum environment Damn. in cantonese if i'm just with nico who knows nothing okay i feel very powerful being able to do that okay you're a leg up on me because i for sure don't know how to order dim sum so that's okay it's like uh it's uh we have different i guess specialty yes 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 (laughs) um okay well amazing thanks joyce uh language the the trauma trauma train i know it's a, it's a lot and it's it is like stressful i think it's like objectively a very stressful topic for most like chinese canadian chinese americans yeah um again because that's our main measuring stick mm. nothing like else i don't know gpa whatever yeah, like, yeah, yeah. other like culturally there's no real like right. measurement yeah that we have except for your language skill Mm. so i think it'll be interesting in the next few years to see like how that changes because i think it is already changing people are more open to the fact that like not everyone you know grew up fluent or not everyone Mm. retained their i think people understand that more but back then it's like of course everyone was fluent they came straight from (laughs) the freaking country that we're trying to learn the language it's like they didn't like it wasn't modeled for them mm. the way that you know it wasn't modeled for us either so yeah okay yeah beautiful ending note thank you Joyce. So. I think um, so. do we have a call to action for our, for our listeners mm. share share with us your story of um... tell us when you dropped out of chinese school. yes <laughs> No, tell us what you bargained. <gasps> yeah, tell us what, what your Dragon's Den negotiation yeah. was to get out of Chinese school. Like, I, I'm sure, like, we've all been through yo, it so, yo. so bad. Yeah, and then the Chinese school dropout club. But hey, you know, even hey. if we don't Chinese school, we still can drink hot water in the morning. I love it. I love it. Good. Okay. For health. <laughs> okay okay thank you jason thanks for listening